Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of OneClick Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. We feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hey everybody, welcome back to B2B Made Simple. Really good to have you listening to the show week in and week out. Um, I want to say thank you for joining us back here on the reunion tour, which means that we're having a guest that's been on the show before back for round two. The reunion tour thing is kind of stuck, um, Johan. So my guest today is Johan Abadi. And again, I forgot to look up what episode he was on previously. Um, so I'll have to find that. I don't remember the number, but you'll have to go back and listen. So Johan, thanks for being here, man. You bet. Thanks for having me again. I need to make a note. This is the second time I've done that. of like saying that you if someone has been on the show and then being like, oh, what episode number was it? <laughs> no offense. To you have a okay. few of <laughs> Someone will have to go back and, and look. But um, I'm excited for this talk. I appreciate you being here. This is our first one I really enjoyed. Um, honored to have you here again. And to kick it off, I can't remember if I asked like a fun question the last time I had you on. Um, so hopefully this is a little bit different. Um, so my question for you is if you were to sit down for an evening and choose between watching a TV show or a movie, which direction do you think that you would go? Probably movie. Movie. Why is that? Because if it's a TV show and it's really, really good, then uh, I will want to know what, uh, what is going on. Very true. That's very true. And uh, sometimes you might be up a little bit too late doing that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't want to get to, uh, to um, uh, binge watch during yes. the week. Especially. I don't blame you. I have, unfortunately, I, I've done it once or twice, but not to the extent that I've heard other people do it for like 24 hours straight or something. I think that's pretty insane. <laughs> Actually, I don't watch TV during the week. Do you? Um, that's a good, a good yeah. habit rarely have time to do it mm -hmm. you can see from the answer i gave you last night basically <laughs> all good i mean that's that's perfectly fine on your end um so johan I'm, I'm pretty excited about this conversation um we hear a lot in the b2b world about creating demand uh how companies need to create it and then they need to capture it but what we're going to talk about today is the importance of not only creating demand but simply capturing existing demand, which I think is really interesting. Um, so why is it important to go out and actually capture what's already there? I, I'll make an analogy might be a little strange uh, at first for some, but uh, think about the dating, uh, the dating world and think about Bumble. And, uh, and uh, so I've never used the application, but what I know is ladies choose to swipe right or swipe left when they are ready to date someone. And uh, when you have this intent for them to, uh, they are interested obviously and, uh, and open to, uh, to meet someone. Uh, if you are part of that group, you would want to be able to reach out to them as soon as possible to uh, get a chance to present your case, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's the same in the B2B world someone is interested in, uh, in finding a solution for a problem that they have or for to implement something new that, that, uh, that, they, want to, uh, uh, that they want to work on. I mean, you should be able to catch that, uh, that, uh, that interest as soon as possible and uh, interact with them. 
Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say that the lines are kind of blurred when it comes to figuring out who actually has the intent or who has, I'm doing like air quotes here, intent that you guys think is intent. I I guess that's kind of a a jumbled sentence, but does that make sense? Yeah. So I think the lines are blurred when uh, you are, so we are using several sources for Mm -hmm. the intent data. And some of it is, uh, is uh, your own, it's, it's, um, it's, it's first party. They are going on your site. You know that they are going on your site. Uh, you can recognize, uh, recognize it through Riverside Lookup or mm-hmm. any other uh, solution that you're using. Uh, there, is, there is a third party data that would be a website like G2, uh, TrustRadius, or, 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 or ZoomInfo, mm-hmm. uh, Bombora. And there is kind of third-party data, um, you know, the, the 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 ABM platform of the world, um, Six Sense is the one I use, uh, will give you this information. But if you use third-party data, um, so Sam, you go on the you go on the website that has sales enablement uh, in uh, in in the keywords, then Sam or your agency now is interested in sales enablement. Well, probably not. Right. So. You got false positives mm-hmm. from this. So what we have done with uh, with my team is we are what we call triangulating, if you will. So we try to at least get two um, uh, two pieces of intent mm-hmm. that we can rely upon. So if we see that someone is going on G two and it overlaps with some of the some of the uh, content solution or cluster of content we are tracking for which we have solutions for, then we know that there is something there for our team. And this That's is how we prioritize going after them. And if, if you have the perfect Venn diagram where there is intent on your website, plus intent on G2, plus third-party intent, you know it's real. Now so when there's three, it's even exactly. better. You, okay. you know, it's, it's just like GPS triangulation. Yeah. Right? Uh, you, you basically know it's way more accurate. Now you just have to figure out who it is that you need to talk to, to, uh, to, uh, to present your case, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So for you guys, do you ever reach out when it's only the two intent yeah. signals? Yes. Okay. So it is two. And then do you ever reach out when there's only one and that being your website, is that considered they have an intent when someone lands yes. on your website? First, first, uh, first party intent okay. on our website. If it's not two seconds, on our uh, on our homepage, yes, we'll go after them if it's within our ICP. So mm-hmm. you, you obviously want to go after the people who are who are in your ICP. Uh, you want to know that they have a need that you can solve, and then whenever you detect intent as early as possible, you want to be able to align with what it is that they are looking for. And I would say this: it's not always talking to them early. Is not about saying we are the best for you. Is figuring out whether or not we are the best option for them. Mm-hmm. What is it that they are trying to do? Um, I, I, you know, we have talked about that. I think we have exchanged on this a few times. Is I think our job is not to sell, mm-hmm. is to help the buyers buy. So if you are early on your journey, let's let's find a way to help you figure out what's best for you. And uh, that's very much what we're trying to what we are trying to implement. Do you think that the stigma of I mean, because there kind of is a stigma, a bad stigma around like following intent signals. Do you think that's because companies rely on a single point 
of what did you call it third party intent data so for some for example something they get off g2 and then they, they don't triangulate it or they yes. don't cross-reference it with maybe they visited their website is that where that comes from i think so i think so and this is when i mean when i talked to when i talked about uh, intent to, to my uh, to, to to my uh, to my sales team right uh, they get the concept of it but imagine you sending uh, some intent data for accounts to your sales team and they start looking into it and you know nine times out of ten it falls flat mm -hmm. yep i talked to a bunch of people they have no idea where it's coming from they don't even know who that is hmm. so what when you are more contextually relevant is it might not be you but we have seen some activity on our website, we have seen some activity from your team on G2, we have seen some activity from Zoom Info. And based on the level of activity that you're seeing too, you kind of know, is it the sales team? Mm -hmm. Is it the marketing team? Is it the ops team? So you can kind of tell who that might be. And I know it sounds kind of spooky uh, at times that we know this stuff, but it's, it's relevant, it's contextually relevant, right? Mm -hmm. We're just saying, look, we know that you're looking into this, uh, this, uh, this solution, these options. We think we can help. Mm -hmm. Let's mm -hmm. let's discuss what it is or where it is that you want to uh, where you want to go, and we'll tell you whether or not we're a match. Yeah. So when you're sending this data to your sales team, because you are taking an extra step and either cross-referencing—I don't know if that's the word—but between your yeah. website and G two, and then also, I mean, hopefully the triangula triangulation of the three intent signals. Have you guys found more success in? people picking up the phone or whatever, a cold email or whatever it is that you guys are sending? Of course. We don't, but it's it's not so much a cold email anymore yeah. is we are contextually relevant in what we're doing. And the other thing that we're doing is, and our team is no longer doing that, at least on the, on the, on our SDR side of things that, uh, that, uh, that I manage, we don't say, we don't send an email that is not personalized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we are looking, if you come on our website, we're seeing where you're going and where you spend time on. So we know what you're most likely interested in. Mm -hmm. So we will, we will speak to that uh, directly to you. And again, it's not about um, telling you we are the, the solution that you are looking for, is it? It seems like this is what you, uh, you are interested in. Uh, tell us more about this mm -hmm. and, and tell us where you want to be, what you want to accomplish. Yeah. That and we start the discussion from there. And it works. Mm -hmm. It does work better. Um, I can't tell you that we have perfected it to a point where, uh, you know, we get uh, uh, nine times out of 10 uh, into uh, the Victory Lab. But we, we are, the, the main challenge that I had with Intent before is the sales team complained that they were getting in too, uh, too late. So we are not getting in into uh, we're getting into the sales cycle, and I think that you have to uh, you have to engage with people into the buying cycle. So before they get in touch uh, with the vendors, that's that's really what the motivation was. But in order to do that right, I had to make sure that I was not, yeah, giving a bunch of false positives to uh, mm -hmm. to my sales team. If I send them on a wild goose chase, guess what? It was once in a while will be okay if they keep chasing the wrong uh, the wrong ops then they are not going to trust my uh 
my uh, my playbook anymore. Yeah. So when you when you say that you coach them through the buying process, let's say that you you see these positive intent signals. Is that when you send them off to sales or do you are you catching these people early, getting them content, nurturing, almost creating demand of the existing demand in a way and then sending it to sales? What does that process look like? So the process looks like um, we we use our SDRs. Mm -hmm. So our team is going to reach out uh, to the company and you have to multi-thread. You know, in, in this world, there is not one person that is going to make a decision and, uh, mm -hmm. and move forward uh, with the sales cycle without including all their stakeholders. So when we detect intense signal, we will send this account. So we have people who are doing this business. We, we call them campaign manager. It's not doing them justice because... They are truly looking at what the intent signals are, and they are basically telling our SDR, okay, this company has been looking at this, this, and that. Mm -hmm. They have been on that uh, webpage for us, which we know is a high intent webpage because we have looked at what has happened in the last uh, since the beginning of the year for the deals that we have closed and how people engage with us uh, prior to closing that deal. So we went earlier than the sales cycle to see how they got to us and what they did. And based on that, we could tell what was kind of the path for us to, to, to be able to win. And so if we detect these intent signals, we'll send that to the SDR team. They will engage them. I will be, it's, it sounds like, or it seems like you are looking into these type of uh, solutions um, is it worth a call with our team to discuss what it is that you want to achieve? Our team will do a discovery call with them. Based on that discovery call, we will figure out whether or not we're a match and whether or not we're going to go to a demo on what we could do. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing when you do this is, again, you're talking about alignment. I'll go back to Bumble, right? So this person is looking for, uh, let's say that you're looking for someone who is athletic, likes outdoors, uh, loves uh, the Squid uh, series on, on Netflix and all that good stuff. Well, geez, that's me. <laughs> or you are a couch potato and uh, the Squid stuff, you couldn't care less because the only thing that you do is read books. Mm -hmm. And it's there. Well, not a match for you. Well, not a fit. Um, so maybe we can recommend something that would be uh, better for you or say, Clearly, we are not in alignment with what you are looking for. So by doing that earlier, you, you have a whole stuff, other stuff that you don't have to deal with after that, after that right? Mm -hmm. So your sales cycle should be shorter. The alignment is tighter. And because you are engaging them early on in, the, in their buying cycle, you can help shape also how the selling cycle is going to look like. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah. When did you guys realize that this should be a priority? Because again, we hear a lot like you need to go generate and create demand. That way you're there when they're ready. Um, when did you guys realize that there is a, there's like a tailwind of specific industries where you can almost, I get the analogy I'm thinking of is like ride on the coattails and gather up what has already been created in the demand department and capture it for yourself. When did you guys realize that this needed to be done? I realized that a while back, but I, I didn't have I didn't have the team to be able to do it right and know the tools mm -hmm. and the intent signals to do it right. So 
you know, I was learning sixth sense and I was learning intent in many ways. I understand the concept of intent, but then I realized more often than not that it was just not enough. It was not, we were not contextually relevant enough to mm -hmm. really pick people's interests. And our playbook was not refined enough in terms of the personalization to, uh, to really resonate with these people. Mm -hmm. So had to get a, a, a data scientist on staff to really be able to merge, if you will, the data that we're gathering from different, uh, from, uh, different uh, applications. Mm -hmm. And when, we started when I started talking to him about what I wanted to do on the intent side of things, because we have a dashboard for um, what we call a, a opportunity health dashboard. So we'll look at the opportunities mm -hmm. so in flight, in selling cycles, and we will score them. What looks good and what doesn't look good. You know, do you have enough stakeholders? Uh, do you have enough interactions back and forth? Do you have enough meetings and all that good stuff? And I was telling him, I really believe, I truly believe that there is something we can do on the intent side of things that will allow people to prospect better. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, your time is really big. And uh, I think I gave you this analogy before. Try to sell diapers to me. Good luck. Mm -hmm. You could give them to me for free. I, I'm not interested. I would probably give them away to a, to, a, to a shelter or something. My kids don't use diapers anymore. So maybe I look like a good, uh, a good uh, profile for you. Maybe I'm in your ICP, but I'm not in market. Mm -hmm. So how do you capture the information of people who are in market? Who are in your ICP and how do you engage them as soon as possible, as early as possible to figure out whether or not it's a match? Mm -hmm. This is what we wanted to do. And this is how this triangulation play, if you will, gathering intent data from different sources uh, came about. So now when we do this is the, uh, the, the strength of the intent signal will define how we prioritize the accounts we're going to go after. Yeah. Is it... They went on our website, they went on G2 and compared us to one of our competitors. And we saw Zoom info information and Bombora info. I mean, clearly now it's, it's up to us to figure out who that person or who that group is. Mm -hmm. If we can't get in there, it's because we just don't, couldn't figure out who it is that we needed to talk to. But otherwise, it's, 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 it's a pretty clear cut. You mentioned before that you realized pretty early on that this was going to help um, the buying process and the sales process, but that you didn't have the team to do it. Would you, would you say that a smaller team or someone that doesn't go out and get a, a, a data scientist can still pull something like this off, maybe at a smaller scale, or is it something that needs to wait until your team has grown? I think you can start it at a small scale. Um, and I don't know how you would be able to do this without someone who knows data mm -hmm. and who knows how to merge uh, data uh, together because there is a lot of uh, data cleansing, uh, data wrangling. It's called data wrangling in the data science world. And, you know, being able to do that is really, really, really critical because again, you don't want to uh, go on hunches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that company is uh, really interested in us based on what, you know, people, people want you to justify why it is that they should spend a few hours uh, going after an, uh, after an account. Because think about this. Hey, Sam, I think you should go after Walmart. Great. Who? 
Yeah. There are a lot of people uh, who are who are working at Walmart. Yeah. So can you help them narrow down who it is that they have to go after and what it is that they're interested in? If you do that right, then you are you are making the prospecting a lot better. And because you give them contextual information on what these people should be interested in, then you are making it relevant. Mm-hmm. Even for it's not a cold, cold outreach, if you will, anymore. It's 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 targeted. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, I don't know if you saw my. I think you saw my uh, my post. Uh, it was two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, uh-huh. I think so, I commented on it. It's funny. Yeah, it's it's totally wicked. I comment on a post about um, the label on unicorns and rocket ship, and it's not like I I I I don't like these companies. I think they're awesome. I think it's great that you get a get great great valuation, but uh, the labels it just irritate me. We're on mm-hmm. a rocket ship. We're unicorns. As far as I know, unicorns don't exist. So what the bad? <laughs> but so I comment on that post that he made. Let's put all of the unicorns in rocket ships and send them far, far away. The day after I go on LinkedIn, I have an ad: rocket fuel for unicorns. I'm just, <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm literally yeah. amazed that they found me. And and it doesn't sound creepy because probably I'm a marketer. Is just yeah. It's targeting at its best. It, mm-hmm. It's really. They are relevant. It was top of mind for me. And if I was looking for rocket fuel for my unicorn company, then yeah. I would be clicking on that ad in a New York Bennett. I mean, it's, 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 it's fabulous. So, so do you think that's where they mess, not necessarily messed up, but they, it sounds like they only took one piece of intent data, yes. serve the ad, and they didn't consider, well, is their intent? Has Johan been on our website? Are they triangulating? Yeah. It seems like it was just one, right? Exactly. They Got took it. the signal. They misinterpreted my, I was being sarcastic. Mm-hmm. So, and, and this is where, this is a false positive. This is what I was talking about. And I, I yeah. was facing that too often. And this is why I keep trying. Now, don't get me wrong, because it's a complex uh, buying and selling cycle, because there are so many stakeholders involved, we're still missing the market times because we are not talking to the right people and it might not be the right time. And mind you, some people don't want to talk to you. But I believe that more than ever, the space is really complex and people want to self-educate, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's great. But how do you buy stuff yourself? You ask people that you trust. Mm-hmm. You ask people that you know. And, and, and I truly believe that if we stop selling and we help buyers buy, meaning companies are going to contact you not to sell you on what it is that they do, on features that they have, but they are going to contact you early on to try to figure out if they are the right option for you. Um, you are going to have less of this uh, old car salesman mm-hmm. uh, stigma in the space. And, and yeah, I'll talk to you. You know the space better than I do. You have a bunch of customers who are probably like me, so you'll be able to direct me. Mm-hmm. in my buying cycle and you'll have me narrow down the field to a few people mm-hmm. I should talk to. So I hope we can establish that, uh, that, that playbook uh, more so with, with our intent signal. Yeah. Like, well, that was a question I was going to ask you was how do we coach our buyers, even if they don't end up being our buyers through the buying process? Because I think there's a lot out there on how to do that, whether it's top of funnel content, maybe it's 
middle, bottom, whatever it may be. What are some ways that you guys do that or some great examples that you've seen where you're like, even as a consumer, oh, wow, they really coached me through this. Mm -hmm. But it's a discovery call. It's empathy is okay. Now, now I'm curious. So you're looking into a, into these type of solutions or you're trying to, to solve that problem. Tell me more. What is that problem about? It's gap selling in, in many ways, right? It's Keenan, mm -hmm. the famous Keenan. Um, what is it that is causing that trouble uh, in, your, uh, in your process? And, and how you, what is the end state you want to, uh, you, you want to achieve? Mm -hmm. Tell me more about this and, and, and talk to them, listen to them, understand what it is. You'll be able to bring in some insights that you have based on other companies who have faced the same problems. And, and if you offer them insights, and if you are consultative in your approach, then you will help them with their decision. But I think that you have to have the integrity to tell someone, yeah, what you're trying to do is not something that we can do well. Mm -hmm. That's not what we can do for you. But on the other hand, I think this company is probably going to be a better, a better choice for you. Mm -hmm. I've done that a bunch of times. But guess what happens? You play the long game mm -hmm. because you understand what they are looking for and looking at. And whenever these people have a need that you will be able to address later on, they will come to you mm -hmm. because you were helpful. Yeah. So I think this is how we help one another. Just like imagine going to a library without any help. <laughs> Yeah. whatsoever mm -hmm. no librarian whatsoever right so i'm looking at this this or that yeah the internet helps you but it's still pretty freaking overwhelming mm -hmm. you buy a book based on what just your gut or recommendations from mm -hmm. people that you trust mm -hmm. and the number of stars that you're seeing and the comments that they have made that's the same that's the way i see it at least mm -hmm. are you guys so obviously you guys are doing a great job at capturing existing demand do you have a demand generation strategy on top of that as well or is there enough existing demand that you're fine so we are trying to create demand uh -huh. uh, as well but not being as as well founded i would say or as 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 well recognized as the top brands we have to kind of ride their coattails yeah education is Time, time consuming, it's hard. Um, and uh, and uh, because of the quarters to quarters is, uh, evaluation that we have, it's hard to take the time to educate people. Mm -hmm. So again, you have, to be, uh, you have to be opportunistic there. If we can detect the intense signals earlier than everyone else, and we can address this better than everyone else, then I think that we have a, a good play uh, to, uh, to establish ourselves as a brand. And then we'll be able to do a little more of the uh, thought leadership. And we're still doing it, mm -hmm. but it's, it's going to, be, to become more, uh, more effective. Yeah. So more. when you say that you, are, um, you, you, you see these intent signals, the positive intent signals, the goal is earlier than your competitors, right? Yes. Um, is that when you're hoping for the discovery call or is there like a process before that as well that kind of is coaching them through the buying process? So there is, there is, there, there are several elements that you will have at all time mm -hmm. is you always try to, I call it saturate the airwaves. You detect demand 
you're going to have your SDR team going after them, mm -hmm. after specific people. But you also do ABM. You will have ads mm -hmm. that will be shown to that company. Uh, and these ads are going to be shown on various platforms, social media uh, platforms uh, being one of them. Mm -hmm. So there is email, there is calls, there is ads, all of that thing and, and uh, is happening at the same time, simultaneously, if you will. So you can kind of start telling a story mm -hmm. there, right? You can, you can have a specific ad on why interactive assets is so important mm -hmm. in, uh, in today's world. Uh, why you need to be able to track how your uh, your content is is being uh, is being used. You can send a bunch of uh, um, ads tied to some of the um, case studies, success stories that you have had. Mm -hmm. So we are doing all of this, yeah. and we hope that it's going to be enough mm -hmm. to uh, to catch their attention and get them to talk to us. Yeah. Now what what where it, where it's becoming uh blurred lines if you will is is it outbound is it inbound is it <laughs> and and honestly who cares yeah absolutely right who cares I, I mean it's not like i don't want to know because i want to know what works so that i can push that lever more or less but if we manage to talk to the people we want to talk to if we manage to get them early enough into their buying cycle and if we help them be successful into a their buying cycle, I think it, we are winning the long game. So mm -hmm. that's that's why that's why I, I really rely and will rely on these intent signals more and more going forward. And you know what I like is that you're open to the long game. I think a lot of marketers want the quick win, which I get. They might be getting pressure from above um, and in other areas, but by playing the long game, you never know what results are going to come down the road. I personally am a huge fan of that myself. Yeah, it's tough though. Oh, very and tough. <laughs> there is there is a lot of impatience, you know, you have to grow by that much and mm -hmm. uh, but imagine imagine having a great experience. You go buy your car and they send, the person sells you a lemon. Mm -hmm. Are you going to go back and back from buy from themselves from uh, that sell, that same person? It's 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 nonsense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, you know what, Sam? Don't buy this 120,000 car. You know, within two years, it's going to be worth half. Yeah. Buy this one. Great mm -hmm. deal. You'll go back to that person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Integrity. It's mm -hmm. integrity. I think it's, it's, it's what we have to... Uh, and I think most sellers right now have a, have a lot of integrity, but, you know, they are pushed into selling and selling and selling because they have a quota to meet and... And, and they have a family to feed and they have a commission to, uh, to, to make in order to, uh, to do well. And that's, that's hard. I, mm -hmm. I, 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 empath I empathize with them. It's, it's, it's really tough. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Johan, um, I can't, again, I can't remember if we did this on the first episode that we did, but I want to switch things up and give you the mic either for the first time or once again um, to be the podcast host here on B2B Made Simple um, and shoot any questions that you might have uh, my way to wrap things up here. Is there anything that comes to mind for you? Yeah, yeah, actually, we're talking about this buying and good experiences. I would love to hear about your, your worst buying mm -hmm. experience and then your best buying experience. That's a great question. Um, so the... I don't know. I don't know what the number one would be for both, but I'll, I know I have a pretty 
like crappy experience that I had with a SaaS tool. Um, so I bought the tool and I was using it and the project that we were using it on, um, wrapped up, we didn't need it anymore. And I went to go cancel this tool that we were paying for. And there was no way to do that. And I get, I'm very, very frugal. So, and I'm like, I preach like customer experience when it comes to even a website, like give contact information. Like it's not that hard. I, I swear I scoured the internet trying to find customer service to cancel this tool for one. And then two, I got socked with like a payment for this um, or a bill when I was already done with the tool because I wasn't able to cancel. And of course now I'm even more upset about it. And I can't remember what ended up happening. I think I ended up just eating the cost and finally being able to figure out how to cancel. But that is probably the most frustrating experience I've had when it comes to buying is it was a great experience up until like when it was time for me to go. I had nothing wrong with the tool. The tool was great. And then they ruined it with the experience. And I probably won't go back if we need it for another project, which is too bad. And I yeah. think that that was probably the one that stuck with me the most. Um, as for the best, that is, that's tough. Um, uh, maybe buying an iPhone from Apple. I, <laughs> I think maybe just because it's the, the experience and like the, they obviously make it feel like quality when you, you receive your box or your new laptop. I think that really sticks out to me the most for, as a consumer. Um, but as for like interacting with someone and them coaching me through a decision, like nothing really comes to mind like we were talking about today. Um, but the worst one that definitely comes to mind. <laughs> sure. But the service that you're receiving from yeah. Apple, it matters. It and, does. And, 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 you know, I don't buy a lot of Apple. I've bought a few Apple products, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but they don't, they're not pushy. Mm -hmm. They don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. Very well. Right. Yeah. You don't want it. You don't want it. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But when, when, when you go through the overall process, yeah, it's, it's, it's very pleasant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a good example. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have another uh, question for you about uh, your experience. So you're designing websites mm -hmm. for, uh, for uh, third parties, for people. Mm -hmm. What is the thing that comes back often that is really, uh, really uh, uh, tough uh, to deal with? Something that is really an obstacle that creates a lot of friction and that is uh, really hard to get across for your, uh, for, uh, for your customer. I don't, it's, it's tough to say, but I would think probably like the scale of content and work that goes into a website is tough for someone that, is like, even if they've had like a project done before, I think they almost come in with blinders. Like we're going to breeze right through this, or this is going to be simple. We're going to hand you the content. It's going to be done. And then we get a couple stages of revisions and then development and we're done. Right. I think that what would be helpful for people that even if you're, you're starting a new website or if it's, it's round two or round three is just being okay with knowing like the content is going to change what you send over round one isn't going to be what's happening on round two necessarily. Of course, the bones will be there, but I think a lot of people get in their head that they have this idea and then the content's going to fit here and the, the copy and the images and all that. And then it's something totally different. And then it messes up the timeline. It's going to be okay. First and foremost. And I think that's where the, the lines get crossed the most where like the expectations of maybe they didn't expect it was going to be as much work on their end. Um, but I don't know, I guess 
there's probably a number of things, but I think that's the one that comes to mind the most. I, I've I've done a bunch of websites. Yeah, so you know, and I don't do it myself, but mm-hmm. I have someone, and I yeah, it's revision twelve. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, there are going to be twenty four more after uh-huh. twelve, regardless. Yeah, yeah, it's just you have to come in with the expectation of knowing that it is a fluid project, and it's going to be okay. I think so. We're working on a project right now where um, the timelines are taking longer than what was laid out. And it wasn't like we missed our deadlines, but it's on the client side. And they were like a little bit concerned that like they were missing. And I'm like, look, honestly, the timelines are more of to keep us accountable as your development team to hit those. But as the client, like if you need more time to make sure that the content is what you want on there and that you feel good about it, then make the project a little bit longer. Don't rush it. I mean, this is going to be the vision and one of possibly one of the first touch points that you have with your buyers. So you may as well take the time uh, that you need to put into it. So maybe that's just fresh on my mind. Maybe that's why it came up today. I have never understood people who don't use, uh, don't have buffers into the project. Yeah, Yeah. it's going to be okay. By March 12th. (laughs) Why March 12th? Because it's three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome, Johan. I appreciate you uh, taking the reins there, being a good podcast host. Um, I did realize I totally forgot to introduce where the heck you're from and what you do. Um, so people understood that you're a marketer by all the awesome stuff you said. But Johan is the senior vice president of marketing at MediaFly. Um, so why don't you close us out by sharing one where we can find you, and two, what do you guys actually do at MediaFly? I'm sure there's people interested. So, yes, yeah, so uh, where you can find me, you can find me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you uh, want to chat about intent. You're fun to always, follow, yeah. <laughs> always happy to do that. I don't, I don't post a lot, but, uh, you know, once in a while, I, uh, I would like to, I should probably do more of this. I want to share what I've learned. Um, and uh, so Mediafly, Mediafly is a sales enablement uh, content management platform. And um, you can find us on mediafly.com. What is it that we're doing differently than everyone else is our DNA is on the um, media and entertainment uh, mm-hmm. side of things. You know, Disney, um, uh, NBC Universal, Sony are some of our customers. And pretty early on, we figure out that content or the quality of the content that you have uh, is, is essential mm-hmm. uh, to have a high level of engagement. And, uh, and um, all of the other sales environment platform, uh, have the table stakes features. You can put the content all in one place. You can find it easily. You can share it and you can track it. We help you stand out with your content. Mm-hmm. We help you create something that is highly interactive and highly engaging. Pepsi, for example, is using our team to help them with their content. Yeah. Pepsi, one of That's the awesome. <laughs> yeah, because, win. yeah, yeah, exactly. We make it highly... And when you make it interactive, our 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 uh, CEO calls it the week experience versus the weekend experience. I think I've talked about <laughs> before, right? Where the weekend you are dealing with Netflix, uh, it's highly interactive, it's fun. You create your own content path, and during the week you are stuck with. I mean, Mark Binoff might not like me very much, but Salesforce and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and applications that are not really immersive enjoyable yeah enjoy as enjoyable uh-huh. we are really trying to put that uh, that fun not fun but great experience spin uh with the content yeah. and uh I, I think if anyone cares about their brand cares about messaging and think about it 
storytelling is at the root of everything that we should do. This is how people remember stuff. Mm-hmm. You will not remember that company A, B, and C is able to do this very specific technical stuff. But if company A helps you stand out, helps you tell a great story, helps you be memorable, um, I guess uh, they will help you win more deals. I think yeah. that's what you do pretty well. Yeah, well said. Well, Johan, thank you again for joining me uh, on the reunion tour of B2B Made Simple. This is a lot of fun. Um, I appreciate you being here, man. Thank you. Same thing. Thanks for having me and looking forward to round three whenever. Yes, absolutely. We'll definitely have to do that. All right. Awesome. Awesome.